Doug, we've got a listener question. All right, I love listener questions. <laughs> this one comes from Amanda. She says, Matt, what should I eat pre-race? I met a woman who was vegan the other day, and she says she ran a full marathon off of two scoops of chia seeds. I find myself eating a granola bar before a race, but I want to be more organic and natural. What should I try? Two things stand out to me in this email. Okay, let's hear them. I guess three. The first is that it's a good question. It's a question we get a lot. Yes, all the time. All the time. And so thanks, Amanda, for asking it and allowing us to do a podcast on it. Second thing is that... Probably she won't have too much trouble finding a natural, organic, Whole Foods granola <laughs> bar. Right? Granola bar, <laughs> right? What was the, what? What? What's she, the, said, she said she wants to be more organic and natural. But I mean, I think first of all, a granola bar is like when someone is organic and natural, they call them a granola. A granola. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's already there. Just make sure it says organic and natural on the label, and, and you got it. You're good to go. And then the third thing is how how funny it is to scoop chia seeds into your mouth. I don't know. Uh, maybe she just like goes to Whole Foods and gets in the bulk section and just <laughs> like, gets sorry. a scoop. I mean, who even has a scoop? Like, I mean, okay, I don't know. <laughs> I have a little scoop that I use for coffee, but I don't have any other scoops in my house. You don't have a chia scoop? No. When I think of two scoops, I think of a raisin bran. <laughs> yeah, two scoops of raisin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So this woman does two scoops of chia seeds. Uh, what do you think? Is, this, is Amanda's friend lying to her? Has no, I, really I don't think that? she's lying. I think that it's certainly possible that you could uh, run marathon on two scoops of chia seeds, but it would it's definitely not a traditional food in that it doesn't, you know, there's no carbohydrates in there, or not very much anyway. Um, right. And most of what people think of when they think about a pre run meal is those sugars and those carbs and being able to burn those during the run yeah and i mean there's there's been a movement recently the the whole ketogenic thing right. where it's all about getting your body to be in this fat burning state and it's i mean i'm not a huge believer in that but i mean there's if you look at the elite marathoners who, who win they're often not eating much or anything during those races uh brendan brazier has often given the example of that just of how how well adapted their body is to burning fat because that that's all they need they don't need to replace carbohydrate because they're going through so little of it during a marathon so they're basically just eating or just drinking water sometimes electrolytes and i'm sure there are some who will take in sports drink or gels or who knows but it seems like many of them do not so certainly it's possible to run a marathon without taking in carbohydrate um very difficult to do that at an elite level pace and it's very, very difficult to run a marathon at an elite level pace, first of all. <laughs> but uh, I think it's probably even harder to do so without taking in any carbohydrate. So it's also possible maybe this woman is an ultra runner and maybe she's used to running 100 milers and maybe this was just a marathon distance, super easy day training run. And she didn't, <laughs> you know, she didn't get into any high sugar burning state and she just kind of cruised the whole time on her GF yeah, seats. It's certainly possible. It's but it's possible. not. But it's not really what we would recommend. If we were going to answer this question, it would probably not be two scoops of chia seeds. Right, that's correct. And that's what we're going to do with this episode, is we are going to talk about what we do before a race, or really before any kind of long workout, um, because it's kind of the same. And also talk about some general principles, because what we say we eat during a race isn't necessarily what you should eat during a, or before a race. It's, it's, just, it's what has worked for our bodies, what has worked for our routines, what works for our taste buds. So, I mean, it's, it's, it varies from person to person. There's no one food that should be everybody's pre-workout food. But the general principles are 
pretty universal, I think. So uh, yeah. we, can, we can get into some of that. Absolutely. So probably the best place to start is when to eat it, right? Because depending on what time your race is, you have more or less time to, to get in good food and good nutrition. So if you're, well, for the purposes of this, let's, I guess, assume that you're running an early morning race, a 7 a.m. start, so you're waking up a few hours before that. Yeah. So, so it's a hard question to answer concisely because what you should eat before a workout really does depend on when you are choosing to eat it. And if you're if you've got five or six hours before your race or your workout, then you could actually eat food that's more like normal food than what you would eat an hour or two before the race. The reason being, first of all, you're gonna have to time some to digest it. Uh, and this this type of food would also work for a lot of ultra distance running where you're going at a much, much slower pace and you're going to be out there much longer. So food takes a while to get into your bloodstream. Uh, liquid gets there faster than salad does and sugars get there generally faster than other nutrients do. So when you don't have a lot of time before your workout, you really want to keep that mostly liquid and mostly sugar if you want it to be useful during the workout. But if you've got more time, if you have I don't know, six hours before your race, or if you, especially if you've got eight or 10 hours, because that's, you know, most normal food is going to take that long to get there. Uh, but if you've got more time, you can you can eat a bagel and, and maybe it'll be available for you to use during that workout. I don't know that you should, though. I mean, I think a lot of people probably make the mistake of trying to eat too much during the marathon. I and mean, I think a lot of people, especially first marathons, nerves are an issue. People have problems with bad stomachs. You hear a lot of bad stomach days that just ruin a first marathon that someone trained for 20 weeks for mm-hmm. and i think i mean not that every bit of nerves would be prevented or every bit of stomach issues would be prevented by eating less but it doesn't help that people wake up with this idea that they need to wake up and just start eating food and just eat as continuously until the marathon uh, and i've definitely made that mistake before i used to be under that impression but as i've come to learn more about food reaching your bloodstream i realize it's kind of not all that important i mean yes you want to be you want to have your levels topped off with carbohydrates so when I wake up, I'm trying to drink sports drink or f- fruit juice from the beginning just to start getting that sugar in there. But I, I used to just force bagels down my throat like as soon as I would wake up with bananas <laughs> and just like force it down even uh-huh. when I didn't want it. And I just don't do that anymore. No, not at all. Would not do that, no. I mean, if you're up, it doesn't hurt to eat something. If you've got four hours before your marathon starts, then sure, eat eat a couple bananas or something just mm-hmm. to kind of put something in there while you've got plenty of time. But I don't think it's a crucial thing to just load it in like I used to. Yeah, I think for me, part of why part of my pre-race fueling strategy, and this is a personal thing, but some people may have the same issue, is that if I don't eat anything solid and I go out to run for three, four hours, however long it takes you to run a marathon, um, then by the end of that, I'm really hungry. By by the in the later miles, my stomach is feels empty and is growling and. And that's a feeling I don't want to have to worry about during the run. So part of my pre-race fueling strategy is thinking about what's going to fill me up enough to where that's not going to be an issue, but not overfill me to where I'm going to feel heavy and, and bloated. Yeah, so that's that's a very good uh, demonstration of what I said about everybody's different because that, right. that has never really occurred to me to be an issue. Like on a long run day, there, I definitely finish sometimes where I'm just starving and can't wait to eat everything yeah. in sight when I get home. But usually with a marathon, that's that's not a problem. It's always that... I'm just sick at the end of a marathon from from drinking sports drink and eating gels or gummies, and I just don't want any more sugar, and I don't want any more food in my stomach. So, like the last, usually last six miles of a marathon, I'm only drinking water if I'm thirsty, uh, and not not doing any more sports drink or carbohydrate at all, 
just because I can't handle it anymore. I'm just done with it at that point. Right. So I think that's uh, a good point uh, that everybody's different. And and uh, second of all, that you're. It sounds like you were doing that mainly for comfort reasons, right? Like when yeah. you say you're really full and hungry, or sorry, not full and hungry. Um, <laughs> when you say you were, your stomach feels empty and you're just really hungry at the end of a race. That's not really the same problem as your Running muscles have no more glycogen, energy. so so yeah. you're ready to bonk, right? It's, it's it's just a comfort thing, and and certainly a comfort thing is important. Like if you're you want to be comfortable, so that you can be uncomfortable in other ways, right? You can dig deeper, in, yep. and and we talk about that a lot with ultra running. That so much of it is about keeping the the brain and the stomach comfortable, so that you you can be good at handling the amount of discomfort you're feeling everywhere else. Absolutely, that that part of my pre race fueling strategy is nothing but mental comfort and 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 physical comfort, but it has nothing to do with. Uh, fueling my muscles keep to right. keep me going right. yeah so i hope i don't want anyone to, to misinterpret what i said um to mean that you don't need to eat before a race because you absolutely certainly do and and you want assuming you're a runner who's relying on carbohydrate even if you're pretty good at if you think your body has gotten good at burning fat uh generally i think it's in your best interest to have the carbohydrate available as much as possible and top off those those glycogen levels in your muscles. I mean, some people will disagree on this. We had Phil Maffetone on a while ago, and he said that he thinks if you eat sugar, you're kind of turning on your body's sugar-burning system. So if your goal is to be a fat burner, you know, there are people who say you shouldn't be eating any sugar. I tend not to be quite so extreme, and I think you can, your body can, can be good at burning fat for a while and taking longer than other people's bodies to shift into sugar-burning mode. But I tend to think it's going to during a marathon, and when it does, you're better off if you've got that sugar, that, that glycogen in the tank, basically. So that's what your pre-workout strategy is about. It's about making sure that that glycogen is topped off as much as it can be before you start, and then you want to keep it. That's what the, the during-workout nutrition is, keeping it up. So my my thoughts about this have changed a good bit recently, just kind of being influenced by Mike Arnstein. Uh, we had we had him on the Nomad Athlete Academy last year, and we aired good clip of his interview from from earlier earlier this year we aired a good clip of that interview and uh, he's really big and has gotten me really into liquids primarily before a race Uh, mainly he does not want that bulk of food in his stomach he doesn't want the digestive load he wants it to be very easy quick digesting fuel that gets to your muscles in time to be useful during the race so yes the the liquid you're taking in weighs plenty but you're going to urinate it out of course uh if you're if you're normal so uh, that that's that it is it has impacted me a lot. I don't do a whole lot other than liquids, and I th- I think smoothies and things like that are are a nice compromise. If you want something that's bulkier than liquids, a smoothie is pretty good because a lot of the digestion work is already done for you by your Vitamix or Blendtec, and you don't want your body to be focused on digestion. That takes energy. It's another another matter of you want your body to be able to focus on the task at hand, and if you can keep digestion out of that, then then why not? You're less likely to have problems so if you were going to do a smoothie how much time would you allow between the smoothie and, and race uh probably two hours minimum one hour yeah if i if i were to have a smoothie and then go run half an hour later or especially like at a race mm-hmm. where, where there's nerves and anything else then that's going to be just kind of you know jostling around in there and sloshing around i right. would, would not want that um so i don't know two hours beforehand so usually what i end up doing if it's like a race day is just eating fruits basically leading up to the race starting maybe three two to three hours out uh start eating fruits drinking fruit juice things like that that has worked for me and i do the liquids but during that hour before it i'm i'm kind of really done with my fueling once it gets to an hour outside of race because i've just found that i have to go to the bathroom too much i have to urinate 
during the race, I'm standing in the starting corral and not comfortable. And I just hate that feeling. I just hate the feeling of like starting a marathon and from the beginning feeling like I need to start finding a port of hot to, you know, <laughs> go relieve myself. Yeah. Yeah. How about, uh, how about coffee? Coffee I used to be not into just because I didn't want to deal with, I just didn't think caffeine was something I wanted to have in my workout routine. Like if I wasn't training consistently with it, and that was a conscious decision not to do that because it just it seems like some of these marathon finish line deaths that there is some association with caffeine there. So it's just like, oh, well, I mean, I'm not an elite runner. Running one or two minutes faster during a marathon is not going to, in most cases, make or break my day. Uh, so I'm just going to stay away from caffeine for workouts. So I, I used to not do it. Nowadays, especially once I got into ultra running, I just started to like, I don't know, care less and just try it more. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> anything, anything goes these days. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been my approach with ultra running. And when I talk recently about wanting to get back to marathoning, that's what I mean. Like, I want to get back to where I do care enough not to just not to just have my normal day before a run. Like, with ultra running, you can, I don't know, <laughs> it feels like you can kind of get away with a lot of stuff like that. Like, you can drink coffee, you can drink beer the night before, you can you can eat normal food, that, eat a big pancake breakfast, and then go run your ultra. And I'm probably not being fair to ultra runners who are serious about it. But the way that I was doing it, it was just more of a relaxed laid back thing yeah i mean you know I, I have to agree on some levels but you're you're kind of making it sound like a bunch of no slobs i don't care about and it's know? not it's that's it's that's how that's what it was for me i i for me so intensely trained during those seven years trying to get to boston that ultra running has been just the opposite of that and it's mm-hmm. been it's been about getting the distance done at the slowest possible pace really and just enjoying it so that that's what that has been for me and that's why i'm really looking forward to to getting back but no by no means is that what ultra runners are like <laughs> i mean some are but not sure it's not like everyone's like that i hear you i hear you so anyway we should give some some more solid principles here um i mean the i think the typical advice for pre-race nutrition which i personally don't pay that much attention to now is three to one carbohydrate to protein right yep. is the optimal ratio mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's looking at either grams or calories are going to be the same since there's both carbohydrate and protein have four car- four calories per gram. Um, you can you can use either one of those things, but you want three times as much carbohydrate as protein, uh, but not not more than that or not less than that. You're trying to get that ratio that seems to be the optimal. There are similar ratios for during and post workout, with, with four to one during and four or five to one either one of those after. Yep. Um, but I'd be lying if I said that I really paid attention to that i mean i I think about it a little bit like if i'm if i'm having fruit and stuff like that before the race then i will eat a handful of nuts and make sure i add some protein in there typically i want to minimize fat before something like that maybe not for an ultra but but a marathon i would try to minimize fat just to just to keep the i don't know risk of any sort of stomach issues down um but yeah, so if you're trying to be serious, that's that's what you want. And if you buy anything that's specifically made for pre-workout, like a, I don't know if there's a Vega product anymore about pre-workout nutrition, but it probably is three to one if mm-hmm. you if you buy that. And a lot of stuff is. Right. And there are lots of those products. If That is certainly a route that you could go. It's just buy whatever drink or, or snack bar that they have for the pre-workout. Right. But you can make that yourself too. You could, you, what I used to do was orange juice with a scoop or half scoop of protein powder and i would just make sure that i got the ratio correct and it always seemed weird to me to put protein powder in orange juice but if you're just making a little i don't know 12 ounce shooter thing that you're going to drink before the workout really quick then you can you can tweak it and get that ratio exactly how you want it Mm -hmm. so i mean there are plenty of ways to to just design your own thing i feel like i've just kind of 
not just because I went to ultras, but I've, I've had kids and I've just kind of, I don't know, it's become not quite the priority it was for me to have nutrition 100% dialed in perfectly. So I've just been more lax about it and kind of made it fit in with regular life. I don't spend time right. on that as much as I used to. Yeah. But you, Doug, without kids, have no excuse. <laughs> I have I have my routine. I have my... Oh, yeah? What is your routine? My routine is two hours before I have a piece of toast with almond butter. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's mostly for... Wait, this is before what? A long run workout for you? Yeah. Um, and that that is mostly for comfort and and kind of filling me up to fuel me for the or filling me up enough to go the next you know several hours without any real food. And then one hour out, I have a banana, and I've been drinking water and and possibly fruit or uh, possibly sports drink, which, you know, during that time. Mm-hmm. One hour out, I have a banana, and then I I do an energy gel about fifteen minutes before, if, especially if it's a race, not not for right. a long run, but if I was going to run a marathon or a fifty k. I would have an energy gel a few minutes before the start. I mean, if you're going to eat food before you start, that's the type of food you want to be eating. Dates are really good, too. They work well for that. Not as well for ultras because they do have some fiber in it in them that accumulates, but they're a lot like energy gel in terms of their size and how much energy fits into them. So mm-hmm. that's that's another reason those are suggested at that at that time. If you only have 15 or 20 minutes, dates work well like an energy gel does because uh, it's, it's almost like you're putting liquid in your body, but it's but it's not liquid. Yeah. And I've had success in the old days when I did more gels of, I think it was start eating a gel around that time, around 15 minutes before the race. And you didn't have to like suck it all down it right away, but just start then and then have it every like 15 or 30 minutes into the race. You're kind of working on right. more gel and you're just kind of constantly putting it into your body mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. rather than a whole bunch at once. And that, that worked pretty well for me when I did it. Yeah. That, that is, it seems to be the ideal situation if you can get past. And I have a lot of trouble getting past this. Uh, being able to roll it back up and have that sticky hand thing yeah, and, yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. So so I do whatever I can to just get that gel down and done so I can throw away the packet or stick it in a pocket or whatever and not have to worry about it again. But. Do you have a, a favorite type of gel? I do cliff cliff gels, um, and and goos are now vegan as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to not be, but they are now. Um, so... Uh, I'll do some of those, but really my favorite is Huma, H-U-M-A, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a newer product. I, I didn't know, even hear about it until maybe a year ago, mm-hmm. um, and it's a lot more liquidy. It's a lot smoother, so it doesn't give you that sticky taste in your mouth, Okay, um, and it's it's natural, and I, I'm i sure it's organic, and um, and they have, you know, like whole chia seeds in there, and, and just, they just, for me, they taste so much better and are so much easier to to take in than than a sticky cliff block or cliff gel right and we've talked about this before uh the distinction between natural stuff and more processed artificial stuff and also the distinction of race day versus other days versus your everyday or your most of the time right um again to bring up my garn scene he talks about how he he fuels a lot of his ultras his other miles with gels he eats lots of gels during them and people get on him about that because he's supposed to be the natural fruitarian guy who eats only raw food and his answer is that he's in it for performance he wants to win these races that's why he does the fruitarian diet because that best helps him to recover and you know do all that it takes 99 percent of the time to be the ultra runner he is but the other one percent of the time he says the best thing he can do during a race for his performance is to eat gels because they're way better than dates for what he's doing because they don't have the fiber in them they have all the all the the nutrition, at least at least short term, as far as providing energy that you need now, 
they have what dates has uh dates have but uh without the fiber so they're they're made for that and he says he does it then he doesn't do it in the rest of his life but during race that's that's what he says is the best gives him the best chance to win yeah so to, to i would i would point that out uh to answer was it amanda was that her name it was yeah yeah to answer your question i mean that's something it's fine to want to be natural uh and organic and i think that's i think that's good that you do but i would also consider that like consider how important performance is to you and it might be worth four days a year doing something that's not the most natural thing uh, just because it because it works right but maybe not maybe not and if not then hopefully um hopefully we've given you a few ideas here but I mean, I don't know. It doesn't get much more natural than than granola bars to me. That's that's pretty that's pretty <laughs> darn natural already. Yeah. Uh, know, but but the important thing for everybody is to experiment with it and try. That never try something new on race day. Always practice it on on your long run days and and see how it feels. See how it feels in your belly and see how it feels with energy wise. And yeah, and that's I mean that's a crucial tip that I don't. Uh, you know, it's temp- I know it's tempting to want to do new things on the race day because you get there and you if it's like your first marathon, you get to the expo and there's all this free stuff for you to try during the race or or the day before, and you really should stay away from that for the most part. It's just it's just not a good habit to be in trying stuff new on race day. Uh, but something I tell people a lot of very often is is that you should you should use these long runs as your chance not just to train your body but to experiment with what the nutrition strategy is, and if you're at all in the dark about it, you should keep a journal of exactly what you ate before this run and then record how it went. And and it's not going to, I mean, there are other variables, of course, there are other factors at play here. So something else could have made you have a bad run than, than what, what you ate. But I think if you keep a journal and you're consistent about it, then you can look back at the end and say, most of the time when I had good runs, I did this when I, when I ate before it. So it's worth keeping track of what you're eating. It's also worth deliberately experimenting. Like if you're not happy with your nutrition strategy, then those long runs are your chance to try something different and see how it goes and, and then make sure you keep track of it. Don't just randomly, haphazardly try new things and never know if they worked or didn't. Yeah, absolutely. And and even if when you have something that seems to be working pretty well, it never hurts to experiment a little more when you have extra long run days just to mix it up and see if maybe it'll actually work a little bit better. And I mean, one more thing, I would say you don't have to be scared of it. Like when I, when I, as much as I try not to do a lot of new things on race day morning, I've found 20 different things that work for me before races or workouts. You know, it's like it, and I guess my stomach just doesn't care all that much what I'm eating, but just to give people a few specific food, because I haven't mentioned that many specifics, um, I can, I can do dates if, if I don't have a lot of time before a workout or a race, I'll, I'll eat mainly dates. That's the main thing that'll get the quick fuel into my body. Uh, most of my running isn't so long that the accumulated fiber from the dates is going to be an issue and i'm not eating dates the entire time so that works fine uh if i've got a little bit more time i'll start to eat more just regular fruits bananas um oranges are great because a lot of them very high liquid smoothie as you mentioned is good if i was using a smoothie for race day i would cut back on the the amount of nuts and seeds that i usually put in there just because they're not going to help you that much during the race um you could if you wanted design that smoothie to be three to one carbohydrate to protein even without putting protein powder you probably could make that happen uh but that would be a time if if you're valuing performance over long-term health and you don't like protein powder well that's one time maybe it's worth doing if you want to hit that exact ratio um let's see what else i've also done the bagels with almond butter that works well enough that would be much further out from the workout at least two hours for me if i'm going to be eating anything like that um 
let's see. Also, I think I tend to think that things a time like that is the time to go with the white version of of things like rice or bread versus the whole wheat version, just because you want that fuel to become available for, to you. And the reason generally whole wheat things are, or brown rice are recommended is because it takes more work for your body to digest it. You don't want it to be so easy for it to get into your bloodstream. Well, during a workout or, or before a race is is a time when you actually do want it to be really easy for your body to process something. So that's why I would go with a white bagel rather than a whole wheat bagel if I was going to be doing that two to three hours before a workout or a race. Uh, what else? There's some pinole chia waffles. Yeah, to bring this back to chia, there's <laughs> a, a recipe for pinole chia waffles on my site. And that is, uh, I don't know the URL, but it's we can put the link to it. If you just Google no meat athlete pinole waffles, it's P-I-N-O-L-E waffles, you will probably find the link to that. Pinole was the other food that the Tarahumara eat in, in Born to Run and in their in their regular lives, too, not just in that book. Um, and that worked well, too. I mean, it, I don't think it was miracle food or anything, but I enjoyed eating that. enjoyed feeling like I was a Mexican Indian. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I mean, that, that's that fruit juice, sports drink, those are the foods that I'm eating before what, what before sports drink is are you normally drinking it's usually gatorade before those things i mean i just have never thought about it all that much but last or two summers ago when i did the hundred i got into heed hammers product mm-hmm. uh, which is vegan and i really was surprised at how long i could drink heed without having those stomach problems that i mentioned earlier like the end of a marathon right. when i'm drinking powerade or gatorade the whole time uh definitely am, am tired of that but with the hundred i was able to just keep refilling that heed sports bottle and just keep doing it so uh, that that would be my drink of choice these days if I've got a choice. My new favorite one is is Tailwind. I've heard of that. Yeah, it's uh. What do they do? What's their thing? <laughs> is it isn't it like healthy or? Uh... It's all natural, and it it's not nearly as sweet as a lot of the other sports drinks, and I think that's what has made it easier on my stomach. So I actually haven't actually used it. I used it in um, the hundred miler a little bit because that's what they had, uh, but. I haven't used it that much, but that's kind of my new my new obsession when it comes to a sports drink. Mm-hmm. Good. So you're obsessed, even though you don't use it that much. Yeah, <laughs> as obsessed as you can be with a sports drink. <laughs> All right, you heard it from Doug. Hey, Tailwind product is the is the one he's obsessed with. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I don't know, but I, I I'm not. I wouldn't be doing sports drink like. I mean, I'll do it during a run. I I would not make that my pre-run meal unless it was a race, and probably not even then. I mean, just. I would. I just tend to stick to fruit juice for that stuff. But I think during a race, probably fruit, uh, a sports drink that's made for that purpose is going to serve you better than than fruit juice. I just would yeah, imagine. I haven't true. really done that much fruit juice during races, but that would be my guess. What about tart cherries? Tart cherries are good for pre-covery, as they call it. Pre-covery. Pre-covery. What's that? Right. So they they are known as a good recovery food. And by the way, I should preface this by saying that they have sponsored Domain Athlete. Uh, actually, the sponsorship period is kind of coming to an end. Uh, but uh, I've been doing a series of posts. I've got one more from them in August. And they say, I mean, Scott Jurek is a, is a fellow endorser of Tart Cherries, and I've seen some quotes from him where he says basically that he's. It sounds to me like he's kind of using them as almost like ibuprofen like he's using them for their anti-inflammatory properties as a sort of natural way to uh relieve some of that inflammatory pain during an ultra marathon uh, i think when they talk about pre-covery which which they do uh i think what they're meaning is because it's a good recovery food, and it is it has been demonstrated in some studies to be a good food for recovery um you know just done different groups of athletes and they i don't know how they measure recovery but they do and uh <laughs> 
and it's it's been shown to benefit recovery. But anyway, they say that they say that if you drink it before your workout, you are you're basically making it available to you during the workout and then immediately after because like we said things take a while to get into your bloodstream so if you were to drink it before then it would be there after immediately after as well so anyway they in my own personal experience i did like a seven day tart cherries challenge last year and it's very difficult i don't know you've probably noticed this doug it's very difficult to do a study on yourself when it comes to something like workout recovery because Mm -hmm. it's not like you can you can just compare a to b right i mean you've got a you've got a First of all, it's a very subjective thing if you're doing it at home. It's like, how do I feel or how fast did I recover for the next day's workout? Right. Uh, not an easy question to answer, first of all. And second of all, I think when I when I did this challenge, I wasn't. it's not like I was training for a marathon or training super hard and then suddenly inserted tart cherries into my routine and could just see a, a difference. It was that I wasn't running that much, but I was like, hey, I'm going to try this challenge and I'm going to go out for a bunch of runs and eat this cherry juice and or drink this cherry juice, do some speed work and all. And like, so I did that. It went fine. I have no idea if it actually helped me or not. Uh, I would trust these actual studies way more than than that. But it helped me. It helped my shoulder. I had I was having some shoulder issues before that. I think I think my shoulder issues have come from sleeping with my arms above my head, which I've learned is a really bad thing to do. Hmm. Like if you lay either on your back or on your stomach, if you put your arms up at your head rather than down. Uh, yeah, like you're doing there, Doug. <laughs> yeah, I was demonstrating. Uh, you, it makes you a lot of times wake up with like it's your arms feel like they're asleep in the night, right? And that happens to me a lot. And I believe that this is when all these shoulder things started when I started sleeping this way. Hmm. I'm not totally sure about that, but anyway, I was having that last year, and I wasn't thinking about that at all. I was thinking about workout stuff, and I realized right after I got this, done this challenge that my shoulder was a lot better. So hmm. I mean, I attribute that to the anti-inflammatory compounds which are in the cherries. Um, who knows if it was anything beyond that, but, uh, I don't know. I, I've liked them for that. And actually I was, I was still on board. I mean, they, they had sponsored these posts last year and I was still, even after that stuff was done, was still doing the cherries thing two times per day, like they say. And then, then this new sponsorship came along for this year, hmm. but for whatever that's worth, it was something that I was still doing in between. I, I think, I think it's a neat, neat, natural anti-inflammatory slash workout recovery booster. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. I, you know, I had never heard of this until they sponsored the post for mm-hmm. you and that was the first time I really heard about the effects of tart cherry juice but now I see it all over the place and I you know I happen to just notice it a lot more I don't know if it is just picking up steam and people are doing it for the first time or whether I just didn't notice it and didn't know what it was your but. reticular activating system yeah you know that it's like a uh in like the personal development stuff when they talk about setting goals everyone always t- cites that the reticular activating system is the system that like when you buy a new car suddenly you notice that everybody else has that car yeah. or if you i don't know if you bought a new certain clothes or running shoes you would start to notice the other people who have those shoes uh-huh. because of this this system in your brain that is now locked onto those things and that's that's an argument for goal setting is that you you by experiencing these goals in advance and and like envisioning them that your brain locks on to that and then you've uh and you start to notice things that will help you reach those goals in the future. There you go. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> it's an explanation for this this law of attraction thing that if you start envisioning things that it becomes attracted to you, yeah. people say it could be just that you're noticing the things that will bring it to you. So who knows? Right. I don't even know what I feel about all that stuff. But, but nice. But I'm experiencing it firsthand right now in tart cherry juice. There you go. Even there's even a guy in my running group who who takes tart cherry juice after the end of every run. We go to the to a brewery. We end each run at the brewery, and before he drinks beer, he always. Oh really? Yeah. Wow, I'm not that dedicated. No, he's... he should be an ambassador. Maybe he should. Yeah. We should get a beer company to sponsor us. 
to spend sponsor the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I was if I would be more dedicated to drink beer, after oh, yeah. the yeah. then that would be the ideal sponsor. Perfect. Yeah. So, <laughs> beer companies, if you're listening, we're available. We're here. <laughs> All right. Good way to wrap up a, an episode about healthy eating or about uh. Pre-workout pre-work nutrition pre- with yeah. the reticular activating system and beer and all things that are so related to pre-workout nutrition. All right. Thank you for listening. Anything else, Doug, or are we, can we let everyone go for the day? I would just encourage anyone and everyone to head on over to iTunes and leave us a very kind review and rating and share Nomade Athlete Radio with their friends because that go. would be Good really old-fashioned nice. word of mouth marketing. Good old-fashioned word of mouth. Mm-hmm. All right. So we appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye.